Hello, welcome back in to the podcast. This is the podcast, Builder vs. Buyer. I'm the host, Adam Steiner. This podcast is dedicated to the home building industry. Um, my goal is that in, in some way I can bring builders and buyers together through advice and education for both builders and buyers. So here we go. We are on to episode 25. Um, yeah, that's really exciting. We're doing two a week. That means we're about a quarter of the year in, um, almost three months. So exciting to say 25. It feels more and more real every episode that goes by. Um, less of a hobby and more of like a, a concrete part of my business. So that's, that's exciting for me. Um, today's podcast, the episode, the subject, um, I, I thought to myself early on, like I should really focus on things that interest me or upset me or um, stuff that I can really get get passionate behind um, and try not to pander to what I think maybe people want to hear about the industry. And I don't know what the, the, the topics are that people really want to hear about. Like, I don't have that much of that in my head, but I say all that to say that this one is, is kind of a niche um, subject. I don't, I don't think that too many people think about this on a, on a daily basis, but it bugs me. So I'm going to talk about it. And if you don't like it, you can start your own podcast. It's, it's shockingly easy. Don't tell anyone. Um, but yeah, so here goes, Uh, I'm going to call it my soapbox session and this is building to minimum codes. So the issue I see is there's, I've heard some talk of like builders X, Y, and Z really, really cut corners, really skimp out on everything. Um, or builders are, will advertise like we're building above minimum codes, um, you know, and the, like the the code minimum quote unquote is is almost bash like like you shouldn't you're you're doing something unsafe if you if you build down to those levels those standards. So what I wanted to get into today is cutting corners, skimping on materials, um, where the most common areas are to skimp, um, what you're missing out on if a builder is cutting corners, you know, and and building that code minimum. And then a few examples of why I think it's a good thing that there are the code minimums and builders that are actually doing that. So, um, and then I'll say too, I'm not here to tell you what's right or wrong, just inform and educate why, why it's set up this way, why, why I think builders do it and, and then help you make a better decision, help you, even if you're a builder, help you make a better decision about what, what type of product you want to build. Okay, one other thing to say on the intro is I'll get a little bit into the weeds on structural details here. Um, I, I, I will say I know enough to be dangerous. So have a degree in civil engineering. It was an emphasis on structure. So it would be the track that you would take if you were going to be a structural engineer. But as I think most of you know, I never actually practiced engineering. So I would say as, as far as theory goes, I may have a little bit better grasp on it than the average builder. Um, but as far as like practical knowledge day to day of what I'm actually doing, I'm not designing beams. I'm not doing that. Like I have far, far less knowledge in the industry than practicing civil and structural engineers. So just throw that out there. If you have a really in-depth question, again, contact your local professional. The big category I see that is most concerning for people if a builder is going to cut corners, skimp out on, is the structure, the structural components. Let me dive into a little bit about where the structural code comes from, um, how they like 
how a beam or floor span or stud is designed. So every piece of lumber in America, um, it, I think worldwide, I'm not sure, but uh, all the ones that we get are graded. Sometimes they're visually inspected. Sometimes they're machine inspected. Um, it goes all the way from select structural, I think down to number three, maybe there's more grades in there, but select structural then one, two, three, three being the worst select structural being the best. So, um, the, these types get tested, they get tested year over year, um, as the, um, you know, the quality of lumber, it, it is a natural product. So those trees, um, might be growing faster or slower one season, which might affect the, the structural properties of it. So they get tested and then they have, they get the values for, um, tensile strength and compressive strength and all, all that that goes into designing a beam. And then when, when it gets designed, usually the engineer designing it is taking the worst case scenario for what could be possibly be a number one grade lumber, uh, number one grade piece of lumber. And then they will usually apply the uh, worst case in load and then also add a factor of safety on there. So like for a 15 by 15 living room, the, the code says you should allow for 40 pounds per square foot. That's about 9,000 pounds to be on your living room floor. I know if 9,000 pounds is all sitting on one joist versus spread out over the area, like I, I understand there's a, there's a difference there, but just to put a a benchmark in your head, that's a lot of weight in your living room that maybe, you know, most people will never have anywhere close to 9,000 pounds in their living room. Some a hot, a full hot tub. I Googled it this morning, a full hot tub, full of water. Six person hot tub is 6,000 pounds. So th there's just, you'd have to put a ton of weight into your spaces to get close to what we're factoring for the, the maximum allowable codes. Um, so I would say like, as far as the structure goes, um, the, the code system is designed so that just about anybody can pull a contractor's license. Um, if they know the code book well enough and can prove that they can test past it, um, through the, the local city or county's, um, testing protocol, they can build a house. And then that code book is then, um, very dialed in very prescriptive on this is what you can and cannot do. Um, and I feel like those things are, are very, very safe structurally. Yes, there, there are always exceptions to this. And if you're talking about, you know, massive soil concerns, tornadoes, hurricanes, there's, there's things that, that happen that really, really test the, the bounds of your structure. But as far as like, a, especially where I'm working in the Midwest, a normal structure that, that usually is, is more than adequate. So that's all I'll say on the code as far as this point. So let's get into a couple areas that I think builders specifically skimp on, um, or quote unquote cut corners. The one I see the most is 24 inch studs on center. So building standard, it's an unwritten rule, but it's pretty standard is most wall systems are studs 16 inches on center. Um, so builders that want to, um, you know, pay for less studs, especially like interior non-bearing walls. I think on the second floor, you can carry just a roof system or just a floor system on 24 inches on center. Um, they'll do that. And then you're just buying less studs. 
the the trade-offs you'll get here are um, you'll you'll see a little bit more wavy siding from the exterior. So every time you put a nail in your siding, it's it's further reaching from a support point. Um, so on the exterior, it could potentially look like that siding is is wavy, like your wall is wavy. Um, also on the on the other side of the wall, the the drywall can feel a little more flimsy. Um, again, just less supports in between. So your your drywall, you know, might in theory be easier to break. Put a put a hand through, put a piece of furniture through. Hey, that happened in our house. My son rolled a piece of furniture down the stairs one time. Um, so it's real. Um, so those are, those are the two, the two things, the two factors to look into. Um, this is one of those areas that I think is actually, I've seen a good reason why you can go down to this. So there's a builder in Colorado. I want to say, I forget the name off the top of my head, but I was in a, a seminar of theirs one time. And their goal was to have a um, net zero, so they weren't par- pulling any energy from the grid on the homes they built, and they really didn't want to raise their prices that much in order for clients to buy them. So one of the things they did, well, a f- huge factor in net zero is just the amount of insulation you have in your home so that you're not spending the energy reheating or recooling that space. Um, so what they did, what they designed was a double wall system. So Instead of one two by four on the exterior, two by six, they did a double two by four wall. So at least seven inches of insulation. I don't know. They might have left a gap and even done more insulation in between those two walls. Um, but to do that, the trade off was they went down to 24 inch studs on center um, so that they didn't need to raise their price that much in order to accommodate the extra insulation that went into that home. Um, I think that's a good thing. And I think that's stuff that like, I love seeing people get creative and try and come up with good new solutions. Um, especially when it gets to like the practicality of it and just the affordability of it. So, um, pushing, pushing the system in one direction, structural, um, in order to bring a really big value in the other direction, energy efficiency. So just a factor to consider. Um, the second thing on structure is I'll see a lot of builders maximize spans. Um, so they will get those spans as far as allowed by code um, in order to, so that they can have, A, a nice open floor plan, um, and then B, you know, you're, you're limiting the amount of lumber because you're either installing less steel beams or bearing walls in the basement or um, you're, you're allowing your joists or your... Um, trusses to be further apart when you install them. Um, the the typical trade off I hear in this is like a bouncy floor, um, especially if that that floor system is what they've they've skimped out on. It's a, a bouncy floor, so that that's what it'll feel like. Is there's just more wobble as you're walking across it. Um, all code allows for some deflection, and the closer you get to that maximizing span, the more deflection you'll get when you put a, a load on it. So yeah, it, it may feel a little more bouncy. I, I don't think, personally, I don't think a bouncy feeling is the same thing as structural inadequacy. Um, so the, the fact that your floor feels like it's moving a little bit is can be a little disconcerting, but it, it's actually not, I don't think it's a structural failing. But what I would say is, it's not a great feeling. It doesn't feel quality. And like, personally, I don't want this in my house. I don't want a bouncy floor. So there, there are ways to design the floor system where you um, 
can actually limit the amount of overall deflection that the floor allows. So yeah, uh, I won't dive into that now. Um, next thing I'll say is energy efficiency. So, um, with homes now that there's new energy codes that are out, they've been out. Um, I want to say they were released in 2009 off the top of my head, but, um, I'm sure somebody will correct me on that if I'm wrong. Um, but with those new energy efficiency codes, the, the standards are actually relatively high. Um, it's hard that most homes that depending on where you are in the country, the standards are dictated by that, that region and it will dictate the R value you need to have in your wall, the U factor you have in your windows, even the, um, the air transmission. So that's why most homes get blower door tested right now is it's part of code. Um, so it's, it's hard to build a new house and get a certificate of occupancy and have a HERS rating like over 60. Like it's, it's honestly hard to do. Um, whereas like the HERS rating isn't that old, but um, you know, 15, 20 years ago, most homes that were built were well over 70 um, or higher. So, um, yeah, it's just the, the bar has been raised. Um, I, I know there's some out there that say like, would say that um, the energy code is far too lax and we should be more stringent on that. And I'm not going to dive into that. I think that that touches a little bit on on some politics and stuff. So I'm just going to leave that and you guys know what and how you feel on that. Um, regardless of who your builder is, you're getting a drastically more energy efficient home now than even 15, 20 years ago. That's all. The last thing I'll say here is cosmetics. So this is where you get into a little bit of gray area because the code doesn't really touch on cosmetics. Um, very, very, very little. Um, your inspector, when they're coming out to the house is not looking at your carpet seams. They're not seeing if your wood floor was installed well. Um, they're not looking at trim joints, you know, they're not testing to see if that plumbing fixture, um, will stand the test of time. You know, there's just, there's not a lot addressed in that. So uh, what I typically find is that if a builder is really aggressively trying to save cost, and they've went down to the 24 inches on center on non-bearing walls and they've maximized their spans and they're, they're really like, they really have taking out as much dollars as they can as the code allows. Typically what they're also doing is taking it out of the cosmetics as well. So that is really what I'd watch out for. If you start to see one thing, it's usually a precursor for the other. Um, some States require, you know, a one year on finishes and cosmetics when your warranty, sorry, when your warranty on finishes and cosmetics, and then a two year on mechanical, electrical and plumbing systems. Um, some builders will do that anyway. Those are, those are good. And those are, those are helpful to have by your side, but um, yeah, it's just, it's a really, it gets, it gets really gray, but that's, that's something I'd look out for. If you, if you start to ask these questions on the structural side and you're getting answers like, yeah, we do 24 inch on center studs. I would also start to ask the questions. Okay. What, what specific plumbing fixture are you installing in my sink? You know, can I see the model number? Um, it's, it's just good stuff to know because as you know, if you're buying a home, you're, you're going to be the one dealing with it, you know, two and a half years from now when you stop getting water out of the faucet. So, um, that's frustrating things to deal with and you're going to want to call your builder and they're going to probably say, sorry, you're out of warranty. So 
look into it. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot I could talk about here, but that's, that's the main stuff I see in the industry. If you have any questions, please reach out. Um, be sure to like review and subscribe. That would be great. If you want to reach out to me, it's Adam Steiner. Um, you can reach me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Links, LinkedIn is my name. And then Instagram and Facebook are at Burnham Design Co. B-I-R-N-A-M Design Co. Uh, and lastly, thanks as always to Andrew Michael Metter for the music. 